are listening to the weekly podcast presented by the Lighthouse Midlothian. For more information, please visit us at www.dfwlighthouse.org. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for your presence today. Thank you that you're here. Thank you that you're alive. And Lord, we thank you that we have life because you give us life. We thank you for the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we thank you that if that same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead lives in us, that you'll make our bodies alive, the bodies that we live in. So, God, we thank you for life, and we receive what you have for us today. Lord, we thank you for the treasure that we have in your word. And, Holy Spirit, we pray that you would bring these words to life and feed us, Lord, by your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, I was not going to show a video today. However, in seeing the Galatians video, I thought, man, that's so good. And uh, you know what I'm trying to do here? Trying to get you curious. So when you come to a book, you go, wow, what's, what's the whole, what's being said in this letter? Because this is a letter to churches in a region, churches that were having some issues. Churches had issues in the first century. Oh, my. That's why we have most of the New Testament, because there was issues in the church. That encourages me, because we have issues. You know, sometimes it's one or two, and sometimes it's a whole church. This was a whole region that had an issue. So Paul's like, I can't get there right away, but I'll write a letter. So this is the letter Paul wrote. I encourage you to read the whole letter from beginning to end. It's only six chapters. Um, I listened to it twice while I was mowing the lawn yesterday. And I don't have a very big yard. Okay, that's not the only time I read this book. Don't worry. Okay, I actually read it every day this week. The book. Because there's so much there. I'm not saying this to brag. I'm saying if I can do it, Y'all can do it, okay? Everyone can do this. It's so easy. All right, and it's fun. And I want you to develop a, a hunger for the word where you want God's word, where it's not just someone telling you, oh, I really got to do this, you know? But we should delight, actually, yeah. And, you know, we can try to stir that up in ourselves, but we should ask the Holy Spirit to give us a delight for his word. Because this is God speaking. It's not just some dusty history that happened to some people who are all dead, okay? No, this is alive. It's just as alive right now as it was back then. I'm done plugging this. Let's look at the video. The main point of this book is God saves us through our trust in him. 
That's called faith. Our trust in him. That's how we have new life in him. The law showed us that we were sinners. The first five books of the Bible gave us all the ways we should be living. But throughout the entire word of God, we see that there's more than just rule keeping. Christianity is not about keeping rules. It's about having a relationship with our creator, God, who's our father. It's about finding a lost relationship and restoring that. A relationship we blew. God created man to have fellowship with him, to walk through a garden. What a perfect life. And yet something in man, because God gave us a choice. You see, true love does not control. It gives independence. And it allows for choices. And so God gave us all a choice. Love, serve me, live in the garden, enjoy, life's great. But no, there's something in each one of us, and it wasn't just Adam and Eve, and it just wasn't those people of Israel way back when. There's just something about us that wants to do our own thing. We want to declare our independence. I did it my way. I don't want that played at my funeral. Because we find out through living our life our way that our way does not work. And some of us find it out real soon and some of us find it out later. But our way is a path to self-destruction. But God in his mercy God in his love, God in his immense favor said, no, you can't make it on your own. I'm going to send Jesus to show you a better way. I'm going to give you another opportunity and another opportunity and another. You know, the Old Testament isn't all about God smiting people. It's about God giving people yet another chance. And another chance, and another chance, and another chance. And then when all their chances had run out, here comes Jesus. I'm going to show you a way. I'm going to show you who the Father is. And you have another chance. Choose me and live. Find out what the garden's all about. Yeah, there's rules. Sure. Hey, we all willingly follow a lot of rules. We willingly follow them. If you drive on the wrong side of the road, you're going to end up in a head-on collision. Is that a good rule or a bad rule? I want my freedom. I don't like driving on that side of the road that everyone else... Why, back in England, we arrive on this side of the road. Well, you're not in England. I could go over there and say, this is foolishness. 
it's foolishness to keep doing it your own way, even to your own self-destruction. And we can chuckle about that, but it's going to get us killed. And that's what happens when we do it our way. So God sent Jesus. And he came to the Jewish people who, by the time Jesus arrived, were really good rule followers. I'm doing really good. I, they just didn't have 10 commandments. They had like 430. They kept adding more and more and more. Well, if I can be really good keeping 10 commandments, how about 20? I'll be really good if I keep 20 commandments. How about 430? And so they created this culture around rule keeping. And it just felt right. Because there's something about me that when I earn something, I feel good about myself. Okay, I went a whole week without eating chocolate cake. Aren't I good? That's not true. I had some on Friday. Okay. <laughs> it was a cupcake, and it was very tiny, and I ate half. See, I can justify anything. All right. Rule keeping. It's not a bad thing. But when we're trusting in that to earn us favor with God, that's a bad thing. Right? Do we get the difference? Rules aren't bad, but when we trust in rules for our salvation and our favor, it doesn't work. So these Jewish people, it was a real trip for them to understand, what? It's free? What? What? I got to pay. I got to do something. I gotta... We're not used to receiving stuff so much. And so, here's a free gift. That's what grace means. Free gift. Free breakfast. Free breakfast. It's free. Now, if you want to put something in the chip jar, do so. But you don't have to. I, I, I feel bad receiving this. Can I wash a few dishes? No. Stay out of the kitchen. You'll get run over. Okay, you can't earn it. You can do something nice for someone else, but you're not earning it. You're just doing something nice. And so we have this free gift called salvation. Now, okay, fine. These are non-Jewish people. Now, if you remember when Paul went on his missionary journey, he would go share the good news in a synagogue, and the Jewish people were so freaked out what, by what he said, they would speak out against him, and if that didn't work, then they would attack him and persecute him, and he'd get beat up or stoned or whatever, and he'd have to leave town. Wow, that's dedication. What did he do? He said, I'm not cut out for this. I'm going back home. No, he went to the next town, and he did it all over again either out of his mind or incredibly dedicated. I say incredibly dedicated because he had the power of God working 
through him. It wasn't just him and his bright idea. So, he gives this message of grace. Free gift. Jesus did it. Jesus paid it all. And the people received it. But then the Jewish people heard about it, and they said, mm, it's too easy. Uh, we're going to add a few things to that. Okay, so we're going to add, if you're not circumcised, you can't be saved. Well, I'm just not going to explain what that is right now. Uh, if you don't know what that is, look it up in a dictionary. Don't Google it, okay? I mean, do whatever you want. Some of you are doing it right now. So, honestly, you get to live with whatever you find. So, let's just say it's a painful process for an adult, <laughs> okay? It would certainly remind you that you had a covenant, <laughs> all right? God could have chosen a number of things. He chose that. It was his idea. He chose that. He told Abraham, this is a sign between you and me. Great. Thank you. <laughs> so they were actually making the Christians do this. And Paul just had a fit. No. No. He says in chapter 3, verse 11, So it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. For the scriptures say it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Faith only. Only faith. Now, I'd like to say, after this letter was written, that Christians from all time after have been able to live by faith only, right? But what we like to do is add something to it. It's too good to be true. So it's faith plus baptism. Well, if you're not baptized, you're not dunked in water all the way so that you're completely wet, you're not saved. Some people teach that. Uh, faith plus speaking in tongues. You don't speak in tongues? I don't think you're a Christian. Or there's other people. You speak in tongues? I don't think you're a Christian. <laughs> faith plus infant baptism. Faith plus, okay, we had this thing called the Reformation where Martin Luther finally said, the just shall live by faith. Not all of these other things that the church added. The church rules, regulations. We're saved by faith. It's the grace of God. Can we get that? I'll tell you what happens when we really, really get that. Okay? What happens? I am hugely grateful. I am so grateful that everything I did, God doesn't hold that against me. And I was a church kid. I didn't murder anyone. 
okay? I wasn't saved off the streets. I wasn't homeless. I was a couple times, but I had places to stay, right? Now, some of you have an amazing testimony, and I thank God for those testimonies. Praise God. He heals us, saves us, delivers us. And some of us just needed to be saved, healed, and delivered from ourselves and our own bright ideas and our own quote-unquote goodness. God has an opinion about your own goodness. It's stinking, dirty, yucky rags. Yeah. Okay. So I am grateful because of what God's done for me. And I, don't, I can't add to that. And that inspires me to want to do good things. That's what it does. I want to help people. The whole law is summed up in do unto others. Serve your neighbor. Love your neighbor. Do good deeds. You know, so many have the concept that when they arrive at the pearly gates and St. Peter meets them there, he's going to go through a ledger and say, oh, you did one more good thing than bad thing, so come on in. It ain't that way. If you accept Jesus by faith into your life, you, you're you're going to go through the pearly gates. I don't know if St. Peter will be standing there or not. I don't know. I haven't had a vision of heaven like that. I don't know what the pearly gates look like. But someday we'll know. Right? And we're going to get in because of what Jesus did, not because of what we did. Yeah. Okay, so it's not faith plus good works that we happen to do. No, the good works come because we're grateful for what he's done. All right, and it's just wisdom. It's just wisdom to do the right thing. I mean, everyone believes that. Even little kids on the playground. Connie was at, we were at the playground with our granddaughter and there were these kids that uh, they were trying to, they were on the slide and one kid said to the other, could you just be a good person and let me go first? <laughs> Could you just be a good person? So, being a good person is not such a bad thing. It's not going to save you. Okay, so then there's this other huge theme in this book, point number two. Liberty from the law, because one extreme is i got to keep all the rules in order to earn favor with God. No, you've already got favor with God and you do good things, that just flows out of that. Okay, that's the fruit of the Spirit. The other side of the scale is Jesus saved me, he loves me, he forgives me. I can do whatever I want. And God's going to forgive me. That's called a license. You don't have a license to do whatever you want. There's consequences for doing the wrong thing in this life. Okay? And that's just not the spirit of Jesus. It's not the Holy Spirit to see how much you can get away with. That's called foolishness. So we have this thing. It's like, yes, I'm free. Chapter 5, verse 13, for you have been called to live in freedom, brothers and sisters. Woo! 
Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Jump around, clap your hands. Yes. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. We don't sing that. There's so much in the Bible we don't sing, okay? Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Uh, you're free to do good stuff. Yay! It's actually fun. Okay, the whole pay it forward thing. Someone came to the coffee house last week, and I was at home sick in bed. And they dropped off $100 at the cash register. And they said, we want to pay it forward. Use this to buy people's drinks for however long. So I pulled up the numbers, and there was all these drinks in there for zero. I'm like, they've gone crazy. They're giving everything away. <laughs> I'm not there, and they're giving everything away. Well, it's because someone gave $100. Isn't that nice? And you missed out because you weren't there. You could have had a free jumping monkey. All right. You can get that next week. Not for free, though. All right. Salvation is free. You've got to buy your drinks. All right. Okay. Use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one commandment. Love your neighbor as your self. And someone asked Jesus, who's my neighbor? I've got two really nice neighbors right now, okay? A nice lady on one side and a nice lady on the other. I see them about twice a year when we're mowing the lawn at the same time. We've got a very close relationship, okay? We had this neighbor once when we lived in another country and they were the worst neighbors on earth. They were nightmare neighbors. They did no yard work whatsoever. And there were rusting cars that had trees growing through them. I'm not kidding. This is not an exaggeration. They stayed up late at night and played loud music. And one time we had a visiting guest speaker come to teach at the Bible school where I taught, and they were sleeping upstairs in a room that shared a wall with these people next door, and they were uh, jamming with their electric guitars. And so I thought, oh, I just can't let this go on. This was John Garlock, okay? He was, you know, we wanted him bright and fresh. He's an older, older man. He's in heaven now. I just thought, I can't. John Garlock needs to rest. So I got on a chair, and I stood on my back patio, and I looked over the fence, and <laughs> I said, excuse me. <laughs> I'm hollering into the back of their house. The door was open. These two guys with hair hanging down here. And this wonderful odor was coming out of the room. Very herbal. Let's just say herbal, okay? And I'm like, hey guys, excuse me. We've got people staying at our house and it's kind of loud. And would you mind just turning it down a little bit? 
And I was mortified. I like confrontation about as much as most of you do, okay? These people could have probably, they could have killed me, you know? <laughs> so, and you know what they said? Good night, John boy. I just said, God, I got to love these people. They're obnoxious. Well, they ended up moving away, and you know what? Connie baked them chocolate chip cookies, American cookies. She brought cookies to their house, and they loved it. Now, that was my wife. It wasn't me, okay? Just so you know. Who's our neighbor? It's not, we got to be kind to people who aren't so pleasant. Anybody got any of those in your life? Don't raise your hand. But this is what God's heart is, okay? So we're, we're free to do the right thing. Isn't that great? Not do whatever we want whenever we want. It's not a license. Okay. Point number three. This thing called freedom, how do we get it? It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle with the Holy Spirit. This is exciting. We don't have to do it on our own. How do we do it? Chapter 5, verse 16. I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Let him. Let him do it. He wants to do it. We got to let him then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. How do we let him do that? We invite him in. We live in the awareness of who he is. We wake up in the morning, we thank the Holy Spirit that he's with us. We invite him in. We ask him to fill us. If we're going to be in a situation that is difficult, we ask the Holy Spirit to help us. And you know, all of us blow it. We say the wrong thing sometimes. We do the wrong thing sometimes. That's the perfect time to ask the Holy Spirit in. This is a gift. This is grace, having the Holy Spirit in our lives. And the Spirit produces healthy outcomes. The more of the spirit we have in our lives, the more good stuff is going to be produced. It's a natural process. It's a natural process. It's like growing vegetables or growing fruit. Yeah, you got to do some stuff. You got to cultivate the ground. You got to make sure it's watered. You got to maybe feed it. But you do nothing that produces that fruit on your own. It just happens. I told you about my garden that I left for dead. I left my garden for dead. I thought, I'm not going to water it anymore. I'm tired of this. I'm just going to let it be. And then God sent the rain. My garden is laden right now. I have green peppers. You can come and pick some. I won't care. Green peppers. 
everywhere. I've got eggplants that are hanging down, ready to be picked. I might have some tomatillos. I really want some tomatillos, maybe. There's even a few tomatoes there, and this has been the worst year for growing tomatoes. God did that. It was a natural process. I didn't have to sweat over it. I didn't even expect it. That's what happens when we invite the Holy Spirit into our lives. Chapter 5, verse 22. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There's no law against these things. This is how we should be looking. This is how we should be characterized as the church. Now read a few Facebook posts and I... What? You're a Christian? You said that? Huh? Love? Joy? Peace? Patience? I like the King James translation of that. Long-suffering. It means you have the ability to endure in a positive way. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and there's that self-control word. The Holy Spirit can produce this stuff in us. We have to just let him, because the more I try to produce it on my own, it doesn't always turn out so well. Okay, so pick out your favorite quality there and thank the Holy Spirit that he can produce that. Some of us need more joy. You know, is your life characterized by these things? Peace. Patience. <laughs> I need more of that. Don't pray for that. <laughs> Actually, pray for it. It's okay. Kindness. Wow. Goodness. Okay, this is God's end product that he sees in our lives. God sees this in your life. How can you produce this? By inviting him in and trusting him to work it out. All right, let's wrap it up. To sum up the whole book, chapter 2, verse 21, I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless, for if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. It's all a gift, folks. Jesus came to set us free. Jesus came to give us freedom. And we can't add anything to it. We just have to trust him to work it out in our lives. And he will. It's a promise. Okay, that takes faith. It takes faith to accept it initially, and then faith to believe that he's doing it, especially when we blow it, right? Yeah? Okay, stand up with me. Hallelujah. Let's just press into him right now, because I know I need more of this. We all need more of this. Thank you, God, that you have given us this tremendous gift called grace. Lord, the freedom to serve you with a clear conscience, the freedom to become the church that you've called us to be, to do good things, to be a positive influence in the world. And Lord, there's so much negativity around us. Sometimes we get sucked right into it. But God, today we declare that we're alive in the Spirit. 
and dead to those things. So God, let us encourage one another to stay on this path, to call on you, to receive your Holy Spirit, to let your Spirit produce the fruit that's going to change the environment around us. Let us not be changed by the environment. Let us become the ones who change the environment. Thank you that it's only possible because of you. In Jesus' name, amen. As we, as we worship this morning, I'm going to ask the prayer team to come up. If you need prayer for whatever reason, we're here to pray for you. And uh, God's done some amazing things, wonderful testimonies. So don't miss your opportunity today. And let's just thank him for his grace and invite God's spirit to come. Amen.